0: Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Understanding Politics. Today, it'll just be me and Alex, and we'll be talking about uh, one of the most contentious issues on the horizon, the 2024 election. So uh, this past uh, this past weekend, we had uh, Ronna McDaniel was elected chair of the RNC. She beat a uh, Ron DeSantis candidate uh, pretty handedly. You know, uh, Mike Lindell got a couple of votes in there. So, I mean, it, it, we're starting to see the early stages of a fractured uh, RNC, kind of a Republican caucus, uh, to put it in perspective. And it's it's kind of weird because uh, now I'll get Alex's opinion on this soon, but we kind of see the Democrats in Congress, uh, Joe Biden. There were some questions early on. There were some people before the 2022 midterms who said, They would not support Biden if he ran again. Um, Some far left Democrats and some centrist Democrats. But for the most part, a lot of people were hush hush about Biden until the midterms, which saw Democrats gain seats in the House and Democrats lose a lot less seats than they were expected to lose. So we've kind of seen a unified front. And if you've been following the uh, House of Representatives, you've heard speeches from the new leadership in the House that, you know, Madam Clerk. Democrats are united and they're putting people above politics and it's a beautiful thing for America. And so while there might not be much vision in the democratic party, it's very unified Mm -hmm. um, compared to the Republican party right now. So we really want to discuss, you know, how we got there. And um, if the Democrats are kind of, you know, (laughs) being a little toxic right now, kind of, you know, covering up some of their weak spots for, the betterment of the party um so i just add alex i want to start you out with um what do you what do you think about uh the democrats positioning right now you know as someone who's uh not ideologically aligned with them for most of their legislation they seem to be you know making progress uh this last congress so what do you think
1: mm, i think that Democratic Party is in a very unique situation right now they they had like you mentioned the election went way way better than a lot of people were predicting and now they're of course they lost the house but yeah they're they're a lot more unified now that could really help them in 2024 um actually I heard some speculation about switching the VP from from Vice President Harris I'd be interested to hear your take on that sorry to like pivot away from what we were talking about but it just reminded me of that and i was like hmm, i don't know if that would help or hinder
0: no oh, i think i think it's an interesting point of discussion because again kamala harris you know she made history as the first uh black woman vice president you know that's a huge accomplishment in and of itself but that's kind of where the list ends um we've seen her you know be really bad on the border. We've seen her, you know, um, her for me, for my biased opinion, she represents everything wrong with the Democratic Party. Uh, not, you know, admitting weak points, not, you know, reaching out to everyday voters, kind of, you know, the, what, what was that one uh, mess up she had in the media where she was like the essence of time, the essence of time, the essence of time, and she kept repeating it. Uh, she's very unlikable. Um, the only thing she's really got going for her is her resume. I mean, she was a great senator from California, a great prosecutor. You know, she's been a great public servant, and that matters to most Democrats. It doesn't matter to most Republicans, but it matters to most Democrats. So, mm. but the the kind of the the glaring problem for me in Kamala Harris, if we're thinking about it electorally, is she basically is Joe Biden idea ideolo- ideologically and also kind of their backgrounds now stick with me on this because mm. you know a lot of people will be like oh joe biden is moderate and he's a white man and kamala harris is this progressive you know champion from california uh, but you know they they they're part of the same circle you know they kind of have the same friends i mean it's just they're they're very much they represent you know a, a kind of middle of the road flank of the party there's really no unity there. I mean, i my if I if I was in Joe Biden's ear right now, I'd I'd either ask him to pick Elizabeth Warren. I mean, she I, I don't know, even Elizabeth Warren is a little dodgy because she might not turn out as many um leftists as Joe Biden needs, which he does he does need some of them. I mean, the the thing that Joe Biden has is he's he's won the middle back. When we look at 2016 compared to 2020, he he definitely was a lot more appealing to the middle than Hillary Clinton was. Um, So I I don't know. It's just uh, Kamala was supposed to be the next president, you know, after Joe Biden. And that doesn't seem to be the case. And Uh I mean, uh, what do you think about Pete Buttigieg, Alex? Because
1: (laughs) (laughs) As, as VP or as president?
0: either or i mean
1: i don't i i think that he's kind of like a i don't want to say a similar situation but i mean he's faced a lot of criticism as transportation secretary he's just not i don't know i don't know if he's got the experience or the um the the the, the wealth of experience i guess that a lot of candidates would need he is he's a young young president but he's been been the mayor of south bend indiana i said he was a young president he's not a president he's a transportation <laughs> secretary uh but mayor of south bend indiana uh he was in the he's served in the service i believe uh, for a while and then transportation secretary it's quite a quite a big leap forward i think um hmm. but yeah i don't know i don't know if i'd feel like you know he's the guy if he was yeah. he was the candidate I don't
0: know if it was. A lot of people like to harp on him that he's only been a mayor, but I mean, he was. He worked at McKinsey. Like he he has worked like big time. He does have like great uh, economic experience. Uh, he he he's done you know great interviews on Fox News. He's you know he's kind of. I mean, if you wanna, I think I think what a lot of Democrats is, you know, they. They, they recognize, like, the greatness of Bill Clinton, of uh, Barack Obama, you know, but they still they still believe in this arc of justice, you know, where that every history just keeps moving forward and gets better and better. So if they still believe in that sentiment, you know, whether that's economically or culturally, you, in most of their minds, they want to get the Obama coalition back together. They want to have another 2008 election, Right. And I think Pete Buttigieg judges was the perfect guy to do that um I just think the problem is is that he sometimes he just uh he's just not as <laughs> he's not as humble as Barack Obama was um he just he, I don't I don't think he he just he has the same image problems that Kamala Harris does. Uh, Barack Obama was a community activist you know did did um, did serve in the Illinois State Senate Um, even though he had you know he went to Chicago and he went to Harvard Law I mean he still he still was connected to his community and he still he he understood the problems that was facing America at that time Uh, Pete Buttigieg he really just hasn't walked the walk the same way I mean We've seen he's he's actually had some really bad uh job as mayor, whether that be, you know, firing the first black police chief in a city, uh, you know, covering up a police brutality incident, you know, he's gotten the same bad grades that Kamala has in that um he talks, he talks to different populations in different ways. Uh the media has captured him, you know, speaking to black people and then in the room over when he's talking to you know the all-white school board or something else he's you know he's like a completely you know middle of the road centrist guy when he's talking to black people he's like get cloaked in this progressive you know cultural leftist language so yeah. i it's just there's very much there's a lot of inconsistencies there for me um but he has also failed as transportation secretary you know over this holiday season with Southwest, Southwest Airlines and how many flights they've had to cancel. um, It's, you know, a, a lot of people thought, you know, Julian Castro, which if you remember him, he'd served as the Housing and Urban Development Secretary under Obama. He was kind of handpicked by the DNC too. You know, he has this great background. You know, he's an immigrant, first-generation immigrant. You know, uh, served, served, I think... Either like as a mayor in a in a big Texas city or or he's in he represented uh Houston in Congress. Um he had this bright up and coming future, you know, he well educated, well-spoken minority, uh, you know, fits fits all checks all the boxes for all the Democratic voters, you know. Uh, but he just these people just have really uh no great political brains. I mean they have great book smarts, but when it comes to, you know, maneuvering different populaces, um, understanding like the in and out workings of government, um, just basic principles, like, you know, um, (laughs) just like doing, doing favors for other people for something in return, or just like, you know, I, I forget the Latin. Oh God. I can't believe I forgot. Like, um, you do something for me, I do something for you. The lawyer term, out I completely forgot about. it. Yeah, but it's just... They're just so tone deaf. I you mean, know what
1: it is? This is hearkening back to our conversation with Thomas Frank and Listen Liberal about this <laughs> professional class. They're, they're like... I don't know if you agree with me, but I, I feel like they're like all professionals who have these big titles but like are they great political minds or are they just you know kind of in a echo chamber with people who have ironically although they have diverse backgrounds and diverse upbringings they all have something in common which is they attend these like prestigious universities they work in government and then they end up working for the federal government and then they're just like you know in a little bit of an echo chamber and they're like you said they're not all a lot of the candidates who've been put up in have been considered especially in 2020 it's like mm, you know i don't know if that's like a great political mind in my view
0: that's true i mean also here's where i think thomas frank gets it wrong is that um there's people like for example franklin roosevelt you know he he was he grew up from wealth you know he he studied hyde park new york you know he went he went to harvard university you know he only He only graduated or he graduated with a law degree but he still he still you know addressed the concerns of working people very well Mm. uh because he you know he served there's also this too like servant he served in the state senate he served as governor uh he served as the the um naval the he was in charge of like the navy and um the assistant secretary to the navy um but he he, again he had this great policy background but he also understood you know kind of how republicans had won all these elections of the success of theodore roosevelt because of their you know backing the union um this kind of you know backing like civil rights stuff like that but he understood how the Democratic coalition worked, you know. And no matter what his ideology was, it, he he said in his life he was free from ideology. Like he understood that he couldn't be too pro pro equal rights because then some of his coalition would falter. This this is the same problem I have with Bernie Sanders too. Is that when when you're trying to win elections like FDR did? Of course, you know, great policies like, you know, Medicare for all, you know, stuff that people would like or like free public tuition college. Just like for FDR, it was all of his New Deal programs that right. completely saved America from ruin. You also have to understand, you know, the the coalitions and the different needs and wants. You can't you can't have all your cake and eat it, you know. You still you still have to compromise at the end of the day. And you know for FDR that was redlining that was you know dude it was it was not reversing everything that Woodrow Wilson put into place when he was president when it came to uh racial understanding so I mean it's and it's the same problem with Lincoln too like when you think back to the Civil War you know you look at radical Republicans like Thaddeus Stevens and you think wow these guys were great why were they not presidents you know, we, we look at them back now in 2022 and we think like, wow, how how did America, you know, not just take off then? And it was because of public opinion and it's the slow growth. And we'll and, you know, we could also talk about too, like free speech and, you know, all these different rights. But the thing is, what what differentiates us from, you know, Russia or China or Hungary or Turkey is that we we don't appoint leaders we we have to have democratic processes processes where even even if you think this policy is better than the other one if you don't if you don't have the votes your policy doesn't get implemented and look i i have disagreements with people all the time and i have more evidence and research than them and i can back it up but in a democracy you still you have to have the people behind you so uh, Maybe, maybe you are right, Alex, because maybe I am sounding a little bit populist and a little bit, you know, Thomas Frankie in a sense, but it's, it just seems to me like this was, this was kind of the main problem is like, uh, again, I'll I'll let you in on this too, but Democrats only want to turn out Democrats, you know, there's, there's very little persuasion. Um, You know, we think back to 2016, we think about like the basket of deplorables and, Stuff like that, you know, or like, oh, all Republicans hate gays and, you know, hate blacks and all this stuff. And, but what we really don't understand about Republicans is that they were really frustrated about NAFTA and all these trade deals and stuff like that. And Hillary Clinton had no comeback for Donald Trump when he perfectly articulated that all the jobs are leaving America and that America is getting left behind.
1: Because it's true. And you
0: may, yes. And you may completely disagree with Donald Trump like I do. You may think that you absolutely should think that some of his statements on women um, are absolutely appalling. But when you can't meet the economic realities of people, they're going to flip against you no matter what. I mean, we've seen this in history time and time again. When you look at, you know, communist countries like Russia or when you look at leaders like Hitler, they they talk to the economic needs of people and that mobilizes people first mm-hmm. so again we can't we can't take democracy for granted i think this kind of like everyone likes to say you know every election isn't every election seems more important than the last and that's kind of true to me because we've seen very volatile markets in our capitalist economy we've seen economic crashes every 20 years We're kind of like, we're seeing the falterings of slightly regulated, you know, laissez-faire economics. And Mm -hmm. it is is very volatile. And we're seeing the decline of the middle class. And it's, you know, it's just, it, it is kind of a volatile moment right now for America. You know, I don't think, I don't think it's like America won't be a democracy. I don't know about that, but it's, these these elections do get more and more consequential. They do. So, yeah, but.
1: I mean, twenty twenty two felt more, um, you know, more more consequential in some ways than twenty twenty, um, and it's it is a little bit fascinating how, you know, as as you and I have grown up and we've been like living in this political environment, which just seen it like constantly accelerating more and more towards like extremism on both sides and granted that might be our perceptions i don't know if everybody would agree with that but at least to me it seems like since really since the 2016 election it's just gotten more and more divided and people have become more and more dissatisfied with the government um you know yeah and um i mean and it's tough because the government's kind of, you no, know, it's kind of fractured, and it's always been fractured. But how do you how do you rectify that? How do you take this bipartisan system that's been fighting within itself for, I mean, decades at this point of just like bickering constantly, um, and it's how how do you how do you make it better? It seems kind of like a a, a answerless question. Sometimes it's like you, I don't know if it can get much better than it is, but you just don't want it to get worse.
0: Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if extremism is the right word. Maybe it's just uh, the big sword, you know, the the political sword, you know, yeah, for example. I, I should
1: say like, um, uh, partisanship.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: mm. perceived partisanship.
0: Yeah, because it's like, you know, we've, them. we've had like Donald Trump presidents before. I mean, we've had, we've had like, you know, William Taft. Uh, we had Andrew Jackson, you know, more pro business presidents or presidents who wanted to drain the swamp or, you know, ideologically, maybe not culturally, but I mean, economically, it's like Trump isn't like, you know, I, I don't think he's like, he he had some fascist elements to him but it's not like i mean the political spectrum is like getting more and more extreme i think it mm-hmm. i think it just has to do with kind of the way we socialize like for example i know i know like a, i'm a liberal and i have i really can't think of many like conservative friends i have the people i hang out with is mostly liberal and then even even when I do talk with people who don't follow politics as much, but who are liberals, you know, they'll say, you know, people, who, people who are pro-life are demons or people who, you know, support police or black back to blue or, you know, racist. Yeah. And I mean, all I mean, it takes
1: is you go on Twitter and I, I, liberals like to say a lot about Republicans being toxic on Twitter, but you see some of the comments that they leave under like, Conservative media personalities like things like, you know, you you are awful, you are riot, you are a terrible human. It's like this is what is this accomplishing? You're just stooping to their level. It's yeah, and but to speak back to your point about extremism, not, I think it has gotten more extreme. I think a lot Hmm. of, a a lot of um maybe not as much with everyday people, although I think that we could speak to that. But um, I think it's gotten more extreme because of social media and echo chambers and especially because of the pandemic because when people were left at home with nothing to do but scroll facebook and go on youtube and just research the most ridiculous things and start believing them uh and fall into the in in many cases the QAnon pipeline uh that's just an example there's people on the left who are you know not jobs too i don't mean to say that there that it's a one party issue but it i think that a lot of the current political climate especially in dc with people like marjorie Tally Green and lauren bobert who really would not have been elected in like 2010 can you imagine but like, yeah. uh, like the tea party movement like marjorie Tally Green's type of figures in that it's just it's just not it's not a it's not comparable it's it's I think it, the the widening of the spectrum in many ways is because of social media and people having more extreme viewpoints but like like we've talked about before um having the uh like the freedom caucus as much as you and I don't agree with a lot of their uh policies it is kind of like a smaller subdivision of you know of, of people and more, more variety in, in the government is good. Like, I don't agree with yeah. the Freedom Caucus, but having having more, I, I mean, okay, it is a double-edged sword. Because like we were just saying, Democratic Party unity is great for winning elections. That's great. But mm. in reality, like a lot of people in the Democratic Party have a lot of disagreements amongst each other. You put like your Joe Manchin type of Democrat, which, or, or even like a moderate parent who's like yeah i my kid's gay and i support gay rights versus like somebody who's like i don't know like a who's like a like a communist or a socialist or whatever anything like that it's 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 still a stark divide party unity is good for winning elections yeah. and but it, it's tough for um you know inspiring people to really be um you know supporting their leaders who are elected if, they really don't agree with them, but I'm I'm going on attention. I'm going on attention.
0: I mean, it's like yes, we should have we should have libertarian members of government. Um, no matter, you know, if I like completely disagree with them. I mean, that's kind of the squad has gotten into this as much as like the people on the far right too. But when it comes to like civil civil asset forfeiture or for example like not not expanding the patriot act or trying trying to actually you know decrease uh police surveillance power um you know i disagree with them but i think the debates you know need to be happening uh it's where i kind of like freak out about the right is where it's like you know bug, the bible should dictate policy or stuff like that mm-hmm. it's like yeah. whoa like for example you know france and their constitution has the secularization clause in it uh to make sure that members of parliament uh don't don't uh, bring religion into their policy making because empirically it it's not helpful for the discussion um Mm -hmm. if you think of if you again this is kind of a, a centrist view but if you think about politics as you know uh comparing data and making you know sound uh sociological uh, philosophical and you know fact-based arguments then religion should play no part in it um now people may have problems with that and as we've seen you know in germany uh you know it's kind of it's kind of they really don't want you to bring up religion in your arguments but people are really weary about that because you know east germany was communist and was atheist and religion was actually suppressed and brutalized. So I can, I could see both sides, but I want to, I want to get to your point about kind of like, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but like AOC, for example, like her, I think economically, like some of her policies, you know, again, Roosevelt supported single payer healthcare, Harry Truman had a bill for single payer healthcare Linda B. Johnson wanted to get single payer healthcare done. He couldn't because he didn't have the vote. So he had, to, he had to compromise to make it 65 and above and keep private insurance. And, you know, Medicare does cost a lot of money, but it's not because it's single payer. It's because we still have to we still have to pay private health insurers, which are the middleman, which is jacking up prices, as we've seen over and over again. Um uh, but you know, I kind of I kind of think there is a case there where culturally they have they have gone a little bit way too far to the left. Um, When you think about, you know, whether it comes to the family, you know, some of some of the stuff they have said about, you know, kill all men, you know, if taken out of context, you know, it, it does get a little too far left. You know, this was a point I heard on another podcast of uh, the realignment, which I really love. Because it it because it really challenges me because I'm more I'm more left leaning but it's a center right podcast and they they actually made a really good point about how you know Bernie Sanders you listen to any of his speeches he will never quote George Washington he will never quote Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm. now is it, is that a problem and uh, you know a lot of a lot of people will say you know oh they were they were they were slave owners and they were racist and that's true. Uh, again, no one's debating that. Uh, but they they did come up with these ideals for democracy, for capitalism, for private property, for um, stuff that stuff that I feel if you're going to get into politics, everyone should agree on. Uh, again, you know, is that is that happening right now in America? I mean, it pretty much is. But you know, I mean, I th- I think at most he'll quote like Abraham Lincoln and. I, it's i don't know it's it's kind of a shaky precedent to me because it's it's kind of erasing history uh, a little bit because it's saying you know these these people were so morally uh irreprehensible that i can't even acknowledge that you know they they built the foundation for this country which has become one of the best countries in the world you know so i mm-hmm. i I think it's I think it's a really good point that they made just because these these people kind of outlined perfectly what how how we should govern and kind of the the whole the whole basis of, you know, of course they didn't get everything absolutely right, but the whole basis of, you know, um kind of the federalists and anti-federalist argument, which we still, believe it or not, argue today. Um when it comes to, you know, expanding police or, uh, not expanding police or uh, take any issue. But, Mm -hmm. um, so again, I think, I think you're right about social media with kind of the, the, I think you're also right too, about like how Fox news and all that stuff can be super polarizing. Um, again, that's why I like, I kind of steer clear of Fox news, you know, I'll still, uh, I'll still listen to them just because sometimes they do, they do make some good points again about like, whether it be like tracing crime or like actually talking to police officers and like hearing their concerns as much as, you know, black people in this country, or I'll still listen to CNN too, because, you know, economically they make really good points uh, compared to Fox news, you know, in my opinion, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's a pick and choose, you know. Like that's that's kind of the thing is like a lot of people like to hyper focus on Fox News and CNN where it's like, you know, they have a they have a couple of bad actors on both programs, but the, the your first problem is listening to just one instead of mm-hmm. listening to everything. Mm-hmm. And I know it's impossible for all Americans to listen to, you know, more than five or six news broadcasts, um, to like actually keep up on them in a day but even like two or three like if you just if you just did like one left leaning one right leaning and one like independent from any corporations or anything like that you you'd have your news you know it again it just seems to me like it's it's a box you know and we can ultimately talk about too like this is kind of really morphed into kind of like the the psyche of American politics instead. But, you know, if if we're talking like liberal versus conservative, like I I believe in the liberal word, world view and I want, you know, I want more globalization for this country. I want cities to grow. I want, you know, public transit. I want to move away from cars. I want to move away from highways, you know, um, already, you know, if I told a conservative that they'd see me as un-American or a communist or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just as if we had a conservative on the podcast, and they said, you know, oh, I'm pro-life, you know, I, I, I want the family to expand, you know. Um, we did have know, a
1: conservative the, on our podcast.
0: Exactly, <laughs> and then we, and then I, I hear that, and then I, I think to myself, like, oh my god, I hate this person. Like they're so annoying. Like I can't stand them. Like,
1: well, isn't it interesting? At the,
0: at the end of the day, are we going to change that?
1: You know, this is what I want to talk about. Isn't it interesting? And I don't know if this is particularly because of the 24 hour news cycle and how we get into our echo chambers, but I find myself if somebody is talking about Republican points or something or or says, you know, I'm pro-life, I feel like there's a, there's an instinctive something in my brain that's like, ew, but then I have to talk to myself. I'm like, no, this is a human being too. Like, I think it's so natural for us to like, at least now to become so like divided and and think of people as the other. But it's important to remember that even if we have different political viewpoints, like these are still people. These are still human beings who grew up, went to school, have friends, have family, and they think that they're standing up for the right thing. And we think that we're standing up for the right thing and i mean this is uh, we're we're talking not about politicians now we're talking about the everyday american we're talking about your neighbor you see across the street who maybe has like a trump flag in their front yard that's still a person right you don't agree politically but i just think that on both sides there's so much animosity towards the other uh, from acro- from across the aisle and towards across the aisle it's just Makes it it makes it it's because of the echo chambers, but it's just it's something we have to consciously, as Americans, all work to kind of break down and try and understand other people's viewpoints and be considerate of other people's viewpoints, but also, you know, have some respectful debate in there.
0: Yeah, I also think too, it's like the the honeymoon period has been extended too long. Um when we think about, you know, like the golden era which is for me, like in the 1940s to like that, around like the 1970s, you know, Americans were unified around communism, uh, were unified. And don't, don't give me China as the same unifying force as World War II. I mean, Europe was absolutely rocked to its core. And Americans realized that they needed, they needed to put aside politics and they needed to, you know, focus Focus on Europe. Focus on you know growing, growing the economy up, uh, bottom out, you know, doing, doing, um, doing stuff that was more left leaning on the political spectrum. You know, we had a lot of people. A lot of people would say the Overton window has shifted compared to like you take you know, FDR. Of course, we'll we'll not talk about him. But for example, like Dwight Eisenhower or Richard Nixon, you know, Richard Nixon did price controls when inflation went up. Right. Richard Nixon tied Social Security to inflation. Um, you know, Dwight Eisenhower, you know, kept financing Social Security and Medicare, you know, didn't didn't campaign on cutting it. He kind of accepted it as fact. Mm. And, you know, um, it just, it seems to me like, dude, we it's almost like I want to make the argument that we have it too good right now. And a lot of people will be like, Oh, that's, that's crazy. But we, if you, if you look at all of history, you know, we haven't gone to war in 80 years. Um, It's almost too. And this is, it's like the monotony of like, every day is like the same. And it's kind of like, well, we're all just focused on our careers and our personal goals. And Maybe we'll have a couple of nice more. friends. Yeah. We don't, yeah. It's kind of, I don't know if that's, you know, ultimately good for the human nature is like not, not having like scarcity or like well, challenges or setbacks. I could,
1: like, I'd like to add a few things, but you can finish your point.
0: I mean, the the only like the last thing I wanted to say was like, I I just finished this, this book about FDR and, Kind of, you know, how we got diagnosed with polio and he had to like, he had to do his own physical therapy. He had to, you know, swing himself on staircases and banisters to get around. um He, he pre-planned his photographs with the media to where he'd be like leaning up against a car to show him standing straight. Mm. Or he, you know, he had to suffer with his dad, you know, dying when he was 18, um you know like major changes in his life that kind of you know he he was a c student at harvard you know he was nothing like special academically but those kind of personal problems made him really really think about you know what what um what is my time on earth gonna look like and uh, just really quickly he never intended on running for more than two terms but once he once he realized you know the threat of fascism you know the threat of democracy being at stake you know he had he had to you know he had to run again you know he had he had this mandate from the voters you know yeah. and in my opinion he's the greatest president ever but he just he put himself over the country mm-hmm. and i think that's that's what's kind of been lost today on both sides you
1: know? right what i wanted to touch on is when you're talking about how communism was this thing that the entire american populace rallied around now i think what it is is and, and this is this could this this is just my opinion my analysis of the whole political spectrum the past two years is now it's become americans scapegoating americans it's become yeah. the right treating the left the way that all of america would treat communism not not to the same extent but you get what i'm saying right it's it's yeah. both sides are like at each other's throats in a way that if we had something that we were all united against we'd be against that but now we're kind of in this 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 post-war kind of it, it's not a utopia for sure but it's it's like <laughs> it's like <laughs> capital late stage capitalism it's it's okay you beat the you beat the bad guy you you won globalization democracy won in the 90s now what now it's just infighting now it's just the same old monotonous we're arguing with each other blah 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 and what you said about um how people are like they're like just focusing on themselves because it's like what else are we going to do we don't have the war to worry about we're kind of like way more uh privileged and uh lucky to be in this environment than any civilization at any point in history i mean can you imagine telling like people in ancient rome uh you can (laughs) get on the phone and call somebody on across the planet you can order something on your phone and have medicine delivered to you in 10 minutes like this is crazy stuff you have AI that makes paintings in seconds, the AI that writes papers. This is like this is unprecedented. And the effect it's going to have and is having on people is something that's going to be studied in the future for sure. But I think that, that a lot of that uh contributes to the division and the uh hyperpolarization of, of a lot of Americans because they have they have more time to focus on uh uh politics in, in negative lights. Um, and, and a lot of people, it becomes like, and I think you and I have made the analogy before about uh, sports teams, about people get very into their sports teams. They're like, Ooh, they got like their signs. They're super into it. They're supporting it. That's what politics becomes for a lot of people. I mean, you see, you see like a Trump rally that 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 sort of thing is like just what they do at sports, at sports games. They've got like their merch, yeah. their signs. They're, it's just they're supporting their team. Uh, in this case, it's mega Trump. Uh, and I think that and a friend of the show David is has mentioned this before, but it's it's like um it, it it's um kind of made it more entertainment value of politics than it's ever been before.
0: I mean, for example, like let's take the the IRS agents, for example, like there's a lot of there's a lot of good information on both sides. but it's I mean, I don't know, because politics politics will always be politics. You know, there will always there will always be mischaracterizations of both sides. But my point was going to be that, for example, you know, CBS released a great article that the uh, people who make under thirty thousand a year get five times more audited than people who make one hundred fifty thousand and above. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though I agree with the premise that. If we expand the irs you know um we'll get more tax revenue from rich people that's ultimately a great thing but then we'll also get you know tax we'll also get a overly zealous irs that will tax lower income people more you know uh that's a trade-off i'm willing to take um that's why you know i support more irs agents um because on the back end you know the money that they'll take away from the poor people will be less than the rich people um so it's it's always a game with trade-offs you know too and there's always going to be mischaracterizations i just what i want to touch on is like for example like well we'll talk about trans rights you know and for example like people people having like equal access and equal benefits you know that's a great thing um you know letting letting trans people be who they want to be and face no discrimination is a great thing but again from the right we've seen like you know drag shows like uh consenting adults you know want to make their own choices you know drag shows like get banned there's certain books getting banned that talk about like lgbtq plus you know these aren't these aren't like left-wing virtues that like you know everyone should be treated the same way like that that just should be how Americans think about trans individuals and gay individuals, and no matter what, the backlash is just crazy, from some of these conservatives in other different states. And you you have to think too, like we've we've been talking about this in some of our classes. Like, has has America actually moved on from from you know its Ku Klux Klan roots? Uh, you know, Reconstruction was ended early the troops had to move out because of you know the election of 1877 which saw Rutherford B Hayes win the election but Republicans had to move out of the south you know black codes you know redlining still exists to this day um black schools on average will have less will have less funding than uh white public schools for elementary education you know uh that's not just a class thing that is a race thing you know a again it just seems like the maybe like gay marriage is a bright spot and like a lot of people accepted that and maybe you don't agree with you know whatever the the lgbtq the whole movement but you were able to recognize that people should be able to love each other and it's and it's really as easy as that and Mm -hmm. there's been so much backlash against it and that it kind of almost makes me wonder if America really is an outlier compared to the rest of the world. You know, if if we can't get all of our ducks in a row, like yeah. For example, Democrats tried to pass the Equality Act. It's still a crime in some southern states to be gay. Um, trans people still can't use the the, the bathrooms that they want to use. You know, consenting adults. It's like it's. Mm-hmm. It's, that's where it's absolutely insane to me and that's where I like get a little less both sides on the issue because of course there's always going to be like anarchist types on the left that do some not great stuff but yeah, to me it, it just seems like an absolute no brainer and when you, when you compare America to Europe it's just like sometimes it's just really tough not, not to be doomerist but
1: yeah America is an outlier in a lot of ways. I don't think that means we can't reform and get th- and fix things and try and be more um, inclusive. I mean, I think we're both in agreement that people should be able to marry who they want to marry. People should be able to be who they want to be. That shouldn't be a crime. Why is that a crime? This is that is like the most government overreach ever. And these small <laughs> government conservatives are pretty hypocritical when they're like you know what you can't be gay if you're gay if if you have if 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 you if you have a gay partner and you have it in your house you can't do whatever you want i mean look at the texas um uh, i think it was like the attorney general was someone who said he wouldn't he wouldn't um wouldn't uh he he would consider a law that banned sodomy or or basically like gay sex in in texas that's like insane why do they care so much that's the th- it, it it shouldn't be something anybody cares about nobody thinks about their friends or people they meet about what they do in the bedroom. That's not something anybody should care about or talk about unless you're that person's partner. And I don't know how in this day and age, it's still even a subject of uh, contention. I mean, I do know how, I don't like how, but it, it's, it's entirely a partisan issue. It's entirely a, because of things that the media says and because of the cultural landscape that's been shipped, that's been on, um, formed it's it's become a very partisan issue and it's another one of the culture war issues for a lot of people on the right it's like you know it's the woke agenda is trying to destroy this country that socialist joe biden is trying to dismantle you know it makes america so special it's just it's a lot of culture war bs that's what i think but uh, Mm.
0: but again like culture is important and that's what i That's what I think at the end of the day, you know, everyone, everyone likes to throw around like polarization and all those extremism, other words like that. But I, I really do think at the end of the day, there is a liberal America and there's a conservative America and there's two different directions for this country, you know? And I think, I think this is a good time to pivot back to like 2024 and like what this means for America. Because, for example, you have like, you know, Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump and, you know, we kind of view Joe Biden as the middle, the compromise, um, kind of. And I say that because of how the CHIPS Act and stuff like that, he's kind of he's lessened up on globalization. Um, he has, you know, unionization, stuff like that. That that kind of is a middle ground for the Republican and the Democratic Party. Um when you look at you know some of his stuff with um the way he's kind of you know skirted skirted around when being asked about LGBTQ stuff like that you know he does represent the center of America on those issues but when you start to look at you know people like Pete Buttigieg who might be a little left more left leaning than Biden he does have a different a completely different view of America than Ron DeSantis does. And again, it kind of like when you when you like look back at history besides like the Civil War era, um, it kind of it kind of really hasn't been this like polarized before. Like, for example, one of our favorite professors, you know, told us to go watch like the 1960 debates between like Nixon and Kennedy. And they they agreed on like 70 percent of the issues, you know. Yeah. It was just like it was just like they disagreed a little bit about the economy and they disagreed a little bit about how to handle communism, the specifics of it. But again, it was. I I don't know. I, yeah. I just I just think it's not really like polarized per se. It's just like both camps have a different view of America. And if and if one view of America doesn't get implemented over the other, it's it's it, it don't look good. I mean, I, yeah, that's, that's how blunt I think we should be about it. And that's, and that's kind of why I I think we might do a different episode on this too, but, um, you know, kind of like why, why states should have a bigger role, uh, and why I make this case is we've seen it at work in Britain, uh, with de-evolution letting, letting city councilors, you know, make, make different tax rates, um, Letting them, you know, spend more money on whether whether it's a labor uh, city council if they want to spend more money on public housing or healthcare, they're free to do that. Mm-hmm. And if and if it's a Tory council, they can spend more money on cops or you know different different kind of right wing ideals in their city. Um, you know, so I think I think de-evolution is a good footprint. I think. A lot of Americans just don't know where to start when it comes to de evolution in America because a lot of Americans don't vote, don't follow city city politics or state politics. Mm-hmm. And they honestly just they just have no clue. Um, yeah. They they think of everything in a federal sense, whether it's That's Roe true. v. Wade or other policies like that. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah. It is yeah. It's more of a federal lens so we see everything i mean you have to kind of go out of your way to find out about state politics it's not going to be on you know fox or cnn or showing up in your news feed unless you particularly follow mm-hmm. your, you know counts that can report on that mm-hmm. sensationalization is part of it i think but i, I, I it's an interesting point you make that it's not polarization rather it's just that people are just kind of drifted into two different views of america i'm gonna think about that it's a, that's a good it's a good analysis
0: I've, I mean, unless like we, you know, I don't know, because it's, it's really, you know, frustrating, you know, sitting here as a left leaning, someone who sits more left leaning, and you know, participates in government, I I know the term is overused, but like, activist in a sense that I I pay more attention than the average person, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm disproportionately loud on the internet, you know, I'm one of those troublemakers. Um, But it's kind of like, yeah, (laughs) but it's, it's hard to like, you know, sit here and then, you know, think one way and then see, you know, the federal government not, not, not do anything for, for years. Like I, I if I think about my politics, I haven't had a president that I've agreed with and any at any length. The last one has been, you know, FDR. And I wasn't even alive. Mm-hmm. You know, um I think the I think too, this is kind of how America is designed too, where I think about all the local representatives I vote for, the only one I really agree with is my state uh representative. You know, they're they support the New York Health Act, which is single payer for uh, New York healthcare. They support like different social democratic views when it comes to housing, uh, when it comes to gas and electricity and uh, telephone lines and stuff like that. Stuff that local government should be doing more on. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I think about all the representatives I have—Senate, House, uh, Governor you know, state, state, my state Senator, I actually do agree with. So it's two, two out of like the nine, you know, considering that I have like a, considering that I have like a, what, uh, I don't have a, I don't have a mayor in my city, but like the town supervisor and then like, Mm. I agree with two out of nine, you know, is that by design or is that, or is that kind of a, a failing, you know, if, if we thought about it in a more democratic egalitarian perspective that's a failing but if we think about it in a more representative democracy perspective that's a that's a good thing that's controlling you know the interests of the people mm, so right <laughs> i don't know
1: yeah well i'll tell you my my representative nick langworthy is a republican and uh, i don't agree with him on a lot of issues um <laughs> That's pretty much the only uh, local office I know. I live in a small town, and other than that, I I know all the people personally in that government. So, <laughs> you know, um, and politics doesn't come into as big of an issue in local issues like that. But yeah,
0: yeah, everyone, yeah, like with such a small town, always... it's
1: not like as much Democrat versus Republican versus. Or it's more of oh we're gonna you know redo the water system for the town it's a it was i'll tell you a story Uh, it was a meeting with like five people at someone's house talking about the water that was that was the (laughs) that was the government meeting of the town so yeah and i was there so yeah
0: and again it's like where we live in new york we don't think about water but for example like arizona and colorado and the whole mess they had with the the, the river pack the water pack they had to make and arizona kind of got screwed like Nevada got that's screwed. all they can think about yeah. or like california they have to stop watering their lawns during the summer to save water uh um,
1: yeah lake mead is it's gonna be yeah. a big issue
0: or even like you take a national issue like inflation you think about your local government you know your your city your city um government could provide you know free trash pickup um and you know and and they could disproportionately you know tax rich people and make it a progressive tax and you could get free trash removal that saves you like 50 60 dollars a month then inflation is less of an issue like there's different there's different lovers of government I just think it's a great thing for people to get involved wherever they can. Mm,
1: I agree. Yeah. Need yeah. More people to get involved with local government, uh, pay more attention to, it's not always fun, but paying attention to county and state politics is helps you kind of get more of a bearing on where your state uh, lies and where your local officials lie and what you can do to get involved.
0: Yeah. So t- I mean, do we even want to touch on 2024 really quickly? But what are we kind of what are we what are we ultimately thinking? I mean, the consensus right now is that if you know, if DeSantis runs, he'll beat Biden. And if Trump runs, he'll lose to Biden. Um I think that's true. Uh do you have do you really have any arguments against that? Any qualms?
1: I think that it really depends on how the next two years go is. If if Biden does like something happens in his presidency, remarkably bad, if the classified document thing gets more blown out of proportion than, you know, it already has been by conservatives, which, you know, the argument to be made is these people had classified documents at their houses, they should be investigated for it. Both sides, <laughs> Trump, Pence, Biden, all of them. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm saying, yeah, investigate all of them. But you don't, you don't give one side a free pass because they're on your side. Yeah. Anyways, um yeah, I, I think DeSantis would probably handedly beat Biden given the political climate now. I think that Democrats might would probably retain Senate House, uh, but I think that DeSantis has a good chance of beating biden just because he he could easily grasp onto middle america grab on the inflation issue grab on covid um, and probably swing a lot of voters who voted biden in 2020 because they felt like they were picking the lesser of two evils.
0: i don't even i think it's more nuanced than that i don't even i think the political climate is actually good for biden right now and it might get better um well, but looking at it looking at it the way it is, look, I think I think um I actually think of it from a debate perspective. Um hmm. DeSantis would absolutely crush Joe Biden in a in an open debate. Come on, man. Um <laughs> and thinking if DeSantis, you know, chooses, here's what I ultimately think DeSantis will choose like a woman of color. For his vice president, I think mm. I think some were saying like Winsome Sears, she's a black female lieutenant governor of Virginia right now. Mm. She she was she was the good of uh, vice president pick. That was too. Also, Glenn Youngkin might try to run. I don't. There there might be a lot of other uh, Republican uh primary too who might try to run.
1: John, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think like Pence, Bolton, Pompeo, or hell knows, but. Um back back to DeSantis. I think I think I think Democrats actually pick up the House um next year. That, that would be they pick up the house, they lose the Senate, um, uh, and then the presidency is kind of a kind of a toss-up.
1: But if they lose the Senate, who would they lose?
0: Uh they're gonna they're gonna lose and they're gonna lose Montana and West Virginia, pretty much. I mean
1: Mm-hmm. John
0: Tester is up, yeah, and probably Arizona.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I mean, they I could, see. they could, they could go down to forty-five or forty-six in the Senate. I also think mm-hmm. there's oh, Michigan right now is an open race because the Democrat who had that seat dropped out. Um, I think I think there's another state too where it might be pretty close again. Yeah. Um. Uh, but you also to. Uh, you want to think about 2026, like Georgia, Georgia will be back up again. Um, oh, what my were gosh. the others? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's kind of like, you know, Democrats had their moment in 2020 to yeah. 2022. Um, you know, I've it's kind of, I don't see them getting, like, complete control of uh, the every lever of power again mm-hmm. until, like, 2028 maybe Mm. but i also think too too here's here's a the interesting thing about the political climate which you brought up was the young vote which is only going to expand into 2024 um so i don't know if desantis like beats biden straight out i actually i actually have some hope because again desantis would have to win pennsylvania um john fetterman did Pennsylvania went more blue for John Fetterman and Josh Shapiro than it did for Joe Biden. Um, You know, and it's not even, maybe you can make the case for John Fetterman, but Josh Shapiro, man, he just, he just ran as a standard Democrat and he did much better. Maybe that's because, you know, Doug, Doug Mastriano, but he also turned out more people than Joe Biden. Again, that, that has to be either the young vote or it has to be women or it has to be Jackson versus Dobbs. It has, you know, it has to be something, something is like not, whether it's Trump or not Trump, the Republican party, you know, has kind of gotten itself into a pickle with at least the abortion issue, Mm -hmm. where I still think, I still think it might be a problem in 2024 for them, just because who who, who knows how they're going to rule on, um, what else is more v. Harper? We don't know yeah. about that either. Um, but we don't know about um the affirmative action cases it won't won't be that big of a problem. But what is the, oh God, what is the other case that they argued about? Um there's another, there's another major case that's gonna be dropping real soon that might have big implications for next election cycle. Mm-hmm. Um God, why can't I think? Was it another gun case? No. Gun?
1: I can't think of it either,
0: so <laughs> oh man. But yeah, there's there's another big case that's like that. The Supreme Court is just as much as a problem for them as Trump, uh mm-hmm. for for certain, in my opinion. Um, oh, isn't that does it have to oh the, the gay rights case, the website. That could also that could also be pretty bad for them too, um, but anyways, um, that's that's basically what I see for twenty twenty four.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think that it was it was murky with twenty twenty two, but now I think it's even more a toss up. It's more of a I don't know.
0: I don't know because again, it's like the voters turned out. Um, voters
1: are changing the, and they're
0: the only election. they're only going to turn on more in general election in my opinion um
1: and, and millennials aren't voting red nearly as much as most generations do as they age yeah that's gen z it's like 70 30 voting blue so it'll be interesting
0: yeah I mean, again, that, that could be a direct, uh, correlation with you know, the increase in people going to college. Um, it's just, it's just night and day. Mm. Um, so yeah, but you know, I think, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, it kind of was a little bit more than 2024. This might be like, um, uh, <laughs> this might be like, uh, I don't know. Maybe we should have a fancy title for it. Like we'll come up with a the, really great title. The here. diagnosis of American politics or really? like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is it Something fatal? Like that
1: yeah. diagnosis Ooh. fatal. I like that. But yeah. also we want to let you guys know that we are going to be transitioning to a once weekly episode while Michael and I are in college. Uh, we might be a little bit slower and, uh, on the video clips just because <laughs> you know school comes first but um you know the yeah. episodes are still going to be coming out weekly we hope you enjoy as always you know you can follow us in all the places you listen and, and we hope you enjoyed the episode
0: yeah thank you guys and have a good weekend
1: see ya